Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And I know in my last podcast I said I was going to do a series, and that's still happening, but today is going to be about health. I like to do health talks at least once a month. But before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us during this podcast. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for another day of life and health. Lord, thank you for giving us the health message so that we can prosper and be in good health and thereby serve you better and bring the health message to people because we know you said in your word that the health message is the right arm of the gospel and an entering wedge that can bring people to want to know more about you. So thank you for giving us the knowledge whereby we can help not only heal our bodies from the sicknesses of the world, but to give that knowledge to the world so that they may be healed as well. Please be with us and help us to continue to be a light that shines in this dark world. We thank you and praise you for everything that you do for us. We ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. Well, welcome, Mom. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also known as Renee to everybody else. And today we promised that we were going to do a podcast about vinegar and what it has to say in the Bible. And I think the very best place to start with this is to read about what Jesus himself did with vinegar on the cross. And I find it interesting that you can really only find this version of the story in one of the Gospels. Not that it matters, but I just thought it was interesting that it was only in one of them. So with that, let's read what it has to say in that verse. Found in Matthew 27, verse 34. And it says, They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. So right here, we're told that he refused to drink the vinegar. He didn't want any part of it. There's other texts in the Bible that say the very same thing. For example... Proverbs 10.26 says, As vinegar to the teeth, and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. And then Psalm 69.21 says, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. And one more, John 19.29-30 says, Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now that doesn't mean that he drank it or took it. It just meant that when he received it, in other words, when they put it up to his mouth and he knew what it was, he refused it because the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So we know he didn't take it. And that's why it says in Matthew that he spit it out, which I found interesting. Right. I read somewhere that it said he didn't want to take anything, number one, that wasn't good for him, number two, that would relieve his pain and suffering because he endured all that for us. So he wasn't going to accept anything that would have help numb it or make it less painful. He took it all. That's why he was the sacrifice for us, so that his punishment, he felt everything. He paid the full price for us. Right. Which is a very beautiful thought to have. It is. Right. And we need to go into further why vinegar is injurious. I'd like to read uh, one quote from the Spirit of Prophecy on vinegar. And that is in 20 Manuscript Release, page 2, fourth paragraph. It says, You say again, they are not educated in regard to injurious effects of meat eating and of using sugar and vinegar. 
and then later on it says in the same paragraph, these things are injurious and deleterious to the human system. So God's people need to be educated regarding the harmful effects of vinegar. Okay, what is vinegar? Well, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it says vinegar is a sour tasting liquid containing acetic acid obtained by fermenting dilute alcoholic liquids, typically wine, cider, or beer, and used as a condiment or for pickling. So vinegar is re-fermented alcohol. Well, that's not very good. No, and that's not good at all because we don't want to eat or drink anything fermented and we certainly don't want anything that comes from alcohol. So how is vinegar actually made? Well, vinegar is made from the oxidation of ethanol which produces acetic acid. The process of making alcohol and vinegar are very similar. The only difference is in how the raw materials are allowed to ferment. With apple cider vinegar, apples first are crushed, which releases the liquid, and then yeast is added to get the fermentation going. And when making vinegar, the fermentation process is allowed to continue. You can learn more about it by searching online as well. Now, the composition of vinegar. Acetic acid is 4 to 12%. It's a very toxic substance. And then if you take it in sufficient quantities, it produces serious alterations in the coagulative properties of the blood, known as disseminated intravascular coagulopathy besides anemia and renal failure. So acetic acid also comes with an MSDS sheet. What is an MSDS sheet? Well, it's an acronym for Material Safety Data Sheet. The purpose of a MSDS is to give workers and emergency personnel the necessary procedures for handling and working with chemicals. So what are some health-related issues to the consumption of vinegar? Well, number one, it ferments in your stomach and it's already fermented, so there's more fermentation. It hinders your digestion process. Your blood becomes impure. Causes it, anemia, like we said before. Yeah, it causes renal failure and kidney problems and liver problems. And it erodes your dental enamel on your teeth. It breaks the mucus barrier that protects the mucus membrane of the stomach, causing gastritis. And it causes anemia due to the destruction of the red blood cells. It also messes with the platelet count and it prevents the proper breakdown of protein and many other problems. So in other words, bad news for our bodies. Absolutely. <laughs> now vinegar is found in almost every condiment and a lot of other things, breads, baked goods. So you'll want to read the ingredients on the foods that you buy very carefully before you buy something so that it doesn't have vinegar on there or yeah. apple cider vinegar. Right. We'll get into that a little bit later. Right now we're just going to touch on vinegar. But vinegar is also in, well, I'll list some things that you can find it in. Steak sauce, anything pickled, bagels, barbecue sauce, capers, ketchup, dinner rolls, hamburger buns, hot dog buns, ketchup, marinated artichokes, marinated red bell peppers, marinated wax beans, mayonnaise, many breads, mustard, pickles, salad dressing, salad spreads, sauerkraut, in some green olives, and some jarred dried tomatoes, veginase, which is very 
popular in the Adventist world. Many, many Adventists use veginase, and that is not healthy. It's not good for you. It has vinegar in it. Worcestershire sauce and many others. Like Kayla said, you have to become a label reader to make sure there's no vinegar in anything you're buying to consume. Because even if you found something that is good and all of the ingredients are really great, they have a tendency to change things on you and add things that don't belong in there. Even if you have been buying this product for years, recheck the label every so often. Make sure they haven't added anything in there. I check it always because you never know. I maybe bought it a month ago and I'm going to buy it again and it could be changed. Now, the Spirit of Prophecy has a lot to say about vinegar use. And we already read one quote, but here are some more. This is what it says in CD 345.6. The salads are prepared with oil and vinegar. Fermentation takes place in the stomach, which we talked about before. She continues. And the food does not digest, but decays or putrefies as a consequence. The blood is not nourished, but becomes filled with impurities and liver and kidney difficulties appear. So she's saying the same thing that these medical doctors are saying, only she said it first. Right, and vinegar is none other than alcohol fermented and since we're counseled not to eat anything fermented apple cider and vinegar both are not good for us and apple cider vinegar is a double whammy so we're going to talk about apple cider vinegar now it is an acidic liquid made from the fermentation of apples it has a golden or amber color and it may or may not be filtered or pasteurized the word vinegar again comes from an old french word meaning sour wine but actually any alcohol can be used as we said earlier. Vinegar gets its sour taste from the acidic acid which is formed during fermentation. And apple cider vinegar is also used in folk remedies and cooking. Vinegar is the highest form of fermentation that's out there and apple cider vinegar is even higher. Sounds very dangerous. And in fact, it is so dangerous that here is a list of the diseases that is caused from eating vinegar. You can get dropsy, liver complaint, trembling nerves, and a determination of the blood to the head which results from the use of sour cider. By its use, many bring upon themselves permanent disease and some die of consumption or fall under the epilepsy. From this cause alone, some suffer from dyspepsia and every vital function is deadened. And the physicians tell them that they have liver complaint when if they would just break open the cider barrel and never replace it, their abused life forces would recover their vigor. That's what it says in CD 434.1. And another thing is cider drinking leads to the use of stronger drinks. The stomach loses its natural vigor and then something stronger is needed to arouse it to action. In Five Testimonies, page 356, paragraph 1, it says, I cannot see how, in the light of the law of God, Christians can conscientiously engage in the raising of hops or in the manufacture of wine or cider for the market. All these articles may be put to a good use and prove a blessing, or they may be put to a wrong use and prove a temptation and a curse. Cider, if used in an unfermented state, will not dethrone reason. Cider in an unfermented state is basically just apple juice. Right, just juice. So now according to the spirit of prophecy, drinking fermented cider causes animal passions, 
to control your higher power in 5T357. The animal passions are strengthened in temperance, page 277. Apoplexy in 5T357. Appetite fostered for stronger drinks, Ministry of Healing, 332. Your brain is benumbed and beclouded in 5T357. Your confirmed drunkards in temperance, page 95. Death from consumption, 5T357. Disease of various kinds, 5T357. Dropsy, 5T357. Dyspepsia, 5T357. Gross and sensual disposition, 5T357. Inebriation of worst kind, 5T357. Licentiousness in temperance 92 to 93. Liver complaints in 5T357. Men reduced to level of brutes in 5T358. The nervous system is disordered in temperance page 93. Permanent disease 5T357. Rush of blood to your head in temperance 95. Give way to lust temperance 92 to 93. The stomach loses natural vigor 5T358. Trembling nerves 5T357. Vices of almost every type, 5T357, and vital functions of the body is deadened by vinegar in 5T357. Well, medical science also agrees with what she says, like we've said before. And this is what medical science has to say regarding the dangers of apple cider vinegar. It depletes the WBC, or the white blood cell count. It inhibits hemoglobin in the blood, causing anemia. Lab tests show that the apple cider vinegar, when taken internally, blocks the digestive enzyme, and it leads to anemia, and robs nutrition from the body, and it thins out the blood, and much, much more. So everything she said back then is now proven from medical science. Right. And they're finding it to be more and more the case that this is not good for the body. Many, many people are dead set on using vinegar and apple cider vinegar, and many people claim healing properties for apple cider vinegar, but there's no scientific evidence to confirm it. The drawbacks outweigh any benefits that there might be. In Second Testimonies, page 66, we're told, you have gratified the taste at the expense of the stomach. You have taken into your stomach articles, which is impossible to convert into good blood. And in CD 85.1, it says, we must be satisfied with pure, simple food, prepared in a simple manner. This should be the diet of high and low. Adulterated substances are to be avoided. We are preparing for the future, immortal life in the kingdom of heaven. We expect to do our work in the light and in the power of the great mighty healer. All are to act the self-sacrificing part. Now it's interesting that no matter the station in our life, we need to get used to eating pure and simple food. So many people, and I've seen this, and everybody can probably tell you the same thing. If you really look at the world around you, people get heightened senses of everything. Taste, smell, sound, feeling, that feeling of excitement. That's why they always are looking for the next Thing. It's an addiction like anything else. Your taste buds can get addicted and then they want more and more and more. And they're always looking for that something else, that something new, that thing that excites your taste. Now, does that mean we have to eat bland, yucky food that tastes like cardboard? No. No. <laughs> it doesn't mean that at all. We can season our food properly without the use of vinegar. And we also know what we can use instead, and that's lemon juice. Right. Apple cider 
can be used like externally in your hair or on your toenails if you have a fungus or something like that. And I use vinegar in laundry. I put it in my washing machine in the dispenser instead of using fabric softener. And it works great for that. Lemon juice can also do the same, as Kayla said. So in any recipe that calls for vinegar, I automatically substitute lemon juice the same amount and it works perfectly great. It's wonderful. And you don't have that fermented liquid going in your body and you don't have that taste that has a weird taste. Now when we first gave up vinegar many years ago, I was a ketchupaholic. <laughs> I love ketchup so much and I was so bummed. It wasn't because of the vinegar but just the condiment itself. But since ketchup was made with vinegar, I knew that would have to be given up and I was really crushed by that. But mom promised that she would work tirelessly until she found a recipe that tasted tasted just as good as the ketchup we usually got. And so that's exactly what she did. And some of those failures were <laughs> not very good, <laughs> but we learned and then the Lord blessed and we found a recipe that is amazing and it tastes exactly like ketchup. And he blessed in fact with the same for mayonnaise and mustard and all condiments. I make everything from scratch. I make our own butter, mayonnaise, mustard, and it all tastes really great. And so the Lord will reward you for giving up what is bad for you. And we did it and it was hard and even Ellen White herself had a really difficult time giving up vinegar. It was a struggle for her and it might be a struggle for you as well, but we can overcome with the Lord's help. We must preserve. We must stand strong and firm. We must go to him with prayer when we're tempted to eat whatever it is, whether it has vinegar or meat or dairy or whatever the thing might be that you're struggling with, we have to pray and ask the Lord to help us to overcome. Right. Well, you know, Sister White says that she takes lemon and water in the morning. In fact, I'll read the quote, 21 Manuscript Release, page 290 says, in the morning, I take lemon and water. I drink nothing between meals unless it be occasionally some lemon and water. And then she says in two manuscript release, I use lemon juice freely. It is the best thing you could use for rheumatism, for your head, and for malaria. And that's on page 48, paragraph one. Now, as Kayla said, Sister White was addicted to vinegar. And we're going to get into that and talk about that right now. Yes, in CD 484.3, she says, I have just read your letter. You seem to have an earnest desire to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I encourage you to do this. I counsel you to discard everything that would cause you to do halfway work in seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is good advice for us all. She continues, put away every indulgence that would hinder you in the work of overcoming. That is very strong language. And again, she says, ask for the prayers of those who can comprehend your need of help. And that is good advice. We should be able to go to somebody and ask them for prayer. Now, you don't have to be specific about it if you don't want to. You can say, hey, I need prayer for help with something. Can you pray with me? The, right. They should be able to pray with you. And that prayer will help you to overcome in this respect. And in CD 485.1, she says that there was a time when I was in a situation similar in some respect to yours. I had indulged the desire for vinegar, but I resolved with the help of God to overcome this appetite. I fought the temptation, determined not to be mastered by this habit. We have to do the same thing. We can 
cannot be mastered by our habits. Right, and I can see where it can be an addiction because of the alcohol in it and the fermentation. Yeah. For weeks, she said, I was very sick, but I kept saying over and over, the Lord knows all about it. If I die, I die, but I will not yield to this desire. The struggle continued and I was sorely afflicted for many weeks. All thought it was impossible for me to live. You may be sure we sought the Lord very earnestly. The most fervent prayers were offered for my recovery. I continued to resist the desire for vinegar and at last I conquered. Now I have no inclination to taste anything of the kind. This experience has been of great value to me in many ways. I obtained a complete victory. That's Councils on Diet and Foods, page 45, paragraph 2. Praise the Lord. She got a complete victory. She did her part and God blessed and she overcame. Then she continues and she says in the next paragraph, I relate this experience to you for your help and encouragement. I have faith, my sister, that you can come through this trial and reveal that God is the helper of his children in every time of need. If you determine to conquer this habit and will fight it perseveringly, you can obtain an experience of the highest value. When you set your will resolutely to break off this indulgence, you will have the help you need from God. Try it, my sister. Powerful, powerful quotes there. I mean, this is just, it's encouraging and it's very informative that if we persevere and depend upon the Lord and do our part, we can have victory too. Yes, we can obtain the victory. And it is a struggle at times, but the Lord will see us through those times of difficult temptations. Right. And there's a website on livestrong.com that you can go and read the article that talks about the bad effects of vinegar. And another link that you can go to to learn more about apple cider vinegar, it's called www.ehow.com and how apple cider vinegar is made. You can search for that on there. Those are both very excellent articles that I highly recommend. That is very good information to know. And I mean, it's especially important to me since Jesus refused it. How much more should we refuse it? Exactly. And we're told in the spirit of prophecy how bad it is. And now, like you said, Jesus refused it. And then God told prophet how bad it is and all these terrible things it does to the body. So we don't need it. I think of the strong chemical reactions that it has when you use it for disinfecting, cleaning, and fabric softener for your clothes. Like, imagine the effects of that in your stomach. I mean, that's very potent stuff to be in your stomach that you place inside of yourself and it doing the same kind of things that it's doing to the surfaces of the things that you clean. Oh, it's a great cleaner. I, I buy it by the gallon and I dilute it 50-50 with water and you can spray countertops and anything. It's a great disinfectant and kills bacteria and germs. And just think of this too, like you mentioned earlier, you loved ketchup and we would buy ketchup. And when you open a bottle of ketchup, you can put it in your refrigerator and it'll keep for months and months. Why? Because of the vinegar, it's a preservative. But when you make the homemade stuff that I make and I use lemon juice, well then you can only leave it out for about five to seven days because then it's gonna start spoiling because there's nothing in it to preserve it. It's all good ingredients. So that's the reason you can buy mustard 
and ketchup and pickles and barbecue sauce and steak sauce and all those kinds of things, those condiments that all have vinegar in, they'll keep in your refrigerator for months and months and months. Yeah, and we need to retrain our taste buds. The things that we once loved, we no longer like anymore because these things are addicting and makes us crave something stronger. Now, many people might think, that's ridiculous. Just because I eat vinegar doesn't mean I'm going to go have alcohol. Eh, it could. It could lead to that. Not at first, but that's how Satan likes to work. He likes to do things a little bit at a time, you know, slowly but surely, starting with this one little tiny thing. Well, you think is a tiny thing but it leads to something deeper and darker and far more dangerous right and my thing is if god saw fit that it was important enough to tell sister white to write about it then it's for our benefit whether we think that it's going to do anything bad or not is beside the point because we're not all knowing and all wise like god is we can't see down the road what's going to happen to us just like some people might think oh i'm just going to smoke one little cigarette or take one little sip of wine or one little beer and then boom before you know it oh I'm gonna try that again and again and pretty soon you're drinking it all the time and you want it and you become addicted but you would have never suspected that before you ever tried it we just have to trust the Lord and know that he said not to do it it's not good and this can happen doesn't mean it'll happen to everybody but it could happen and you don't know if it'll happen to you so you are better off to just listen to what God says and obey him just like a child is told by their parent don't drink this bleach because we know it's poison to the body and it's bad and so we have to put those things up when they're little because children can't read and they don't know they just see something a white jug and and think oh I can drink that or eat that or whatever so we have to be careful and obey what God says to do because it's for our best interest right and I love how medical science backs up what we are already told it's further proof not that we need medical science to back it up right. it would be true regardless of what medical science said but the fact that it does back up what we are told just further confirms in my mind that it is harmful to the body it is dangerous I, I don't want those diseases that come along with a few moments of pleasure you have to ask yourself in the long run is this worth it to me like, what do I gain out of this? Sure, my taste buds might be happy for a few moments, but in the end, is this going to cause further problems? Am I going to be 90 years old someday and running around still and walking around with all my faculties? Or am I going to be in a walker and in pain when I'm 50 years old? Right, and you know, like you said, it's, we just have to trust God. When he says, don't smoke, don't drink, don't use vinegar, don't use this, don't do that, that it's for our benefit. It's because he loves us. And and he wants us to prosper and be in health, as 3 John 2 says. Now, of course, you have the choice to not listen to the advice that he gives and the very strong counsel. And you can even ignore the fact that he himself did not take it and do whatever you want. That is the kind of love that God has for us. He gives us the freedom of choice. He tells us what's right and what's wrong, and then he leaves it up to us to right. decide. And there are doctors who will say it's good for you, but they're not God. Again, God knows more than they do. We need to listen to what God says and not what our medical doctor says or this doctor or that guru or whoever it is that's telling you it's good for you. And I'm sure there's places on the internet that you can Google and find where people say how wonderful. But again, like 
like we said earlier, the bad outweighs any good that there might possibly be. So when anything you eat or drink has some bad and some good or mostly good and a little bit bad, we are to stay away from it. We don't ever want to put anything in our body that has even 0.1% bad. Well, I think of the quote that says that truth mixed with even just a little bit of error is the deadliest form. And that goes and applies with everything in life, whether it's food or something that we read that has a lot of truth, but has that just grain of sand that is not right, like the pearl, how it's made. The one little grain of sand in an oyster irritates it until it becomes a pearl. And that happens to be something good that comes out of something bad. But just like us, something good can come out of something bad. Once we learn the right things and the right truth, we can then be a witness to others and show them that they too can gain the victory. And we have a testimony. Right, exactly. And that's what we're supposed to do is once we learn, we're supposed to share with others. And many people could probably be using this thing and thinking it's good for them innocently, which many do, and then they find out it's not. And if they give it up and use a better product like lemon juice, then they could feel better yet. <laughs> exactly. And there's going to come a time soon to come upon us where we're going to be living even more simply and eating more simply. So it's now time to get used to doing things in a different way than what people are m more accustomed to. Right. And nothing on this earth is worth losing heaven over you know we have to obey in the little things this is a little thing and if we don't learn to overcome in little things then we won't overcome in the bigger things and we can lose out on eternity forever and that's a horrible thought yeah he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in that which is much so if we are faithful to the end with something that we consider tiny then the lord can give us more and more trials and we can overcome more and more with it well i hope that that was informative to many people as i know when i learned about it i was very surprised i had no idea the dangers of drinking or using vinegar in food or well nobody really drinks it but i do remember as a little girl my grandpa used to get a big bowl of lettuce and he would pour hot vinegar on it and wilt the lettuce and eat it and I just I remember that for some reason it was strange but we never really drank it but people use it in a lot of a lot of recipes and a lot of different things and some people do take it like a tablespoon or two every day on an empty stomach thinking that it's doing them good and the problem is though they need to change their diet because we can use all the natural remedies in the world but if we're still eating things that are harmful and not exercising and not obeying the laws of health all the natural remedies in the world isn't going to fix us yeah, that's true. We have to be willing to make a whole lifestyle change. And it's not going to just be for one or two months, but for the rest of our lives here on this earth right. or until Jesus comes. Right. It's not a diet. It's not a fad. It's not something some guru made up. It's a lifestyle that God gave us. He told us how to eat and how to live and what to do to be healthy. And if we obey those 14 laws of health, then we can be healthy too and never need to be on medicine and be sick and aches and pains and all the things that go with getting older and abusing our bodies. Right. And we will probably discuss in a further podcast what exactly those 14 laws of health are, but <laughs> so many plans for the future. And it will all come around, hopefully, the Lord willing. But thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I always enjoy talking about 
health with you and teaching, hopefully, and warning the people. Yes, I hope that it helps someone somewhere, somehow, someday, in some way. There is an alternative. Just remember, you just have to retrain your taste buds. Lemon juice instead of vinegar. And lemon's much better than vinegar, I think. Yeah, me too. I like it a lot better. I hate the smell of vinegar. It almost seems like it burns the inside of my nose a little, like the hairs, you know, it seems like it burns it when you smell it and it's awful. It is pretty strong. And it's kind of fun to mix it with baking soda in the washing machine and watch the volcano appear. It's great for science experiments. Right. <laughs> so if you want to make a science experiment of a volcano, go right ahead. Yeah. It's really fun in the washing machine though because there's no mess, you know, and baking so I do put baking soda in my laundry too because that helps with taking out orders or whatever and my husband works in a place where he's works with tires and sometimes you can smell the, the car the tire smell the rubber on his clothes and it and it helps to take out that smell and so when I pour the baking soda in the washing machine and then the vinegar it poof it makes a big volcano and it's kind of neat to watch <laughs> so laundry can be fun <laughs> hey any chore can be made fun it's just the mentality that you go into it with right. your spirit a merry heart doeth good like a medicine right but we're supposed to be cheerful in everything we do and do it with a, a grateful heart as well. And that goes for giving up things as well. Do it cheerfully, <laughs> even though you may not want to, and it may be hard. Well, and it might take prayer. You might have to say, Lord, I don't want to give this up. I like it, you know, but please take away my desire. Take away my, my love for it. Help me to hate it. Help me to hate the smell of it, the thought of it, the taste of it, the everything about it. And he will help you because he knows your heart. If you're sincere and you really want to do these things because it's right God will help you and that is our prayer for all of you and for us as well because we're not perfect we're still working but with all that being said remember what it says in Matthew 5 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven because when people see the difference in you they will want to know what that difference is so with that being said let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord